We're back for another bonus episode of Cinemaholics. Uh, once again, I am your usual co-host, Will, and I am joined once again by our good friend, Corey Woodruff. Hey, Corey. Well, it's good hey. to be here. Forgot to mention you are, uh, as the listeners probably know, a film critic for the Nashville scene, and you're now an editor for the, is it Williamson homepage? Am I? You got it. Right? That's yes. correct. Yeah. And you're a Rotten, Tomo- Rotten Tomatoes uh, approved critic, so you are legit. Too legit yeah, to quit. Yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, but, why not? Uh, we're going to put that to the test, I guess, mm-hmm. with this latest review. So... Rather understandably, uh, John opted not to want to join us for this belated <laughs> review of a uh, Medea Homecoming. I guess technically it's Tyler Perry's a Medea Homecoming, or rather Netflix Tyler Perry's a Medea Homecoming. The I want to say twelfth or eleventh Medea film feature film. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yes, twelve, uh, excluding the animated film. Yeah, not count. Okay, yeah. So, Medea's Tough Love. Uh, and what I was going to say, I have seen, uh, for reasons unknown, I have seen every single Medea feature film, including Medea's Tough Love, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the only one that Tyler Perry neither wrote nor directed. Um, but I, I do believe he is the voice of a D in that. I could be wrong as well. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But to my surprise, you've also seen nearly all of the Medea films as well. I have indeed. Um, yeah. I have seen all of the Medea films outside of the uh, the Boo subset of Medea films, right. the, the horror spinoffs. Yeah. Um, and that's funny because Boo and Medea Halloween is the only one I've seen in theaters. The rest I've watched on DVD or at home. Um. And uh, would you say you consider yourself a fan of the franchise or is it, are you more like me and you're just kind of casually fascinated by them? I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, it's, it's, I have a weird relationship with these movies um, because I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I try to find the good in them because I feel like there is good there in all of these movies somewhere. Um, some of them less so than others, but uh, they're just interesting kind of no one really makes movies quite like this anymore um this is kind of a it's it's very 90s you know obviously mm-hmm. it's kind of offshooting the uh nutty professor films and uh, really just kind of eddie murphy's entire film of war of playing multiple characters Tyler perry kind of built off of that to kind of make his own movie franchise with this character that you know medea which is you know the thing that kind of made his career so um yeah i you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them in theaters. I've watched them at home. Um, it's, I can't last time I've seen actually a Medea movie in a movie. Th- actually, no, I did for Medea's family funeral. I went to go see that. Oh man. Yeah. You did that as a double feature. I think you told me with the beach bum, yeah. the Harmony Korean yes, film. Yes, I did. It was very interesting movie <laughs> night at the movies. It was very, yeah. uh, very strange, but yes, that was a, was quite a double feature. I mean, I would say on paper, that's bizarre, but actually watching the films, mm-hmm. that's not terribly bizarre. I don't <laughs> think they both have kind of a, <laughs> shaggy dog quality to them yes. in different ways yes very much so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah certainly i would say uh beach bomb a film that i've grown to actually like i think more since we've discussed mm-hmm. on the show yeah it's a good uh, yeah i mean I, I think i would certainly say it's a better film but uh we can discuss the medea <laughs> films in full in a little bit first i did actually mm-hmm. i mean 
The reason I wanted to do this review, especially with you, is because I, I find myself in a sort of similar position with Tyler Perry, where it's very easy to write him off. Like as a, you know, he's a, a not a very competent filmmaker. He makes movies fairly quick, fairly cheap. The quality generally, especially in the later half of his career, has been pretty lackluster. And he makes movies like on the cheap and just you can kind of tell like you can the production values are low. The the performances often vary. You can tell he's not really wrangling the set so much. He's kind of getting it done as quickly and as cheaply as possible. But there's something very fascinating about Tyler Perry as both a filmmaker and as a public figure because he is very much a American dream type story. He is someone who is now a literal billionaire. Like he owns like a town in I want to say Atlanta, Georgia or near Atlanta, Georgia. He owns like the studio town, but like he's a guy who like, you know, he really worked his way into fame. Like he had to prove himself like he was like, I think and I think he was basically poor for a number of years. Like they were trying to get his way as a playwright and he's found success through the character of Medea, who I, I mean, you know, has been this hugely influential figure, but also one that's obviously fairly problematic for reasons that I think people can naturally assume. But there is something also fairly progressive about Medea as a cultural figure like I said like it's not like something like Night Professor where like Eddie Murphy is already an A-list star and he kind of adopts he takes on like a Jerry Lewis film and he becomes you know even bigger this is a character that was fully formed from his working class upbringing it's very much based in his southern background and it has a lot of truth in there and I think that's kind of what you're getting to or what you're alluding to is that mm. like there even when it is broad stereotypical comedy there is some truth to what he often says with these these yeah, characters absolutely. and this humor and I think that that is one of the key reasons why this has proven to be so successful for him over the years yeah absolutely I mean I think that it's easy to look at the negative aspects to Tyler Perry's films particularly um, he's directed movies outside of the Medea franchise for sure I mean he's you know almost doing a movie a year maybe sometimes even one or yeah. two movies a year he's been doing um, about one to two films per year for with the exception I think of the pandemic yeah, um, but if he's not doing a film, he does. He has like a lot of shows through mm -hmm. OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, mm -hmm. and I think he does done a few through uh, BET, and now he has like the Netflix contract. So, in addition to being a very you know uh, hardworking filmmaker, he he does like these shows, and he like apparently writes them all. Like he does like mm -hmm. every script. All. His work ethic is insane. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, he's like I know that the phrase hardest you know, working man in show business is kind of trite, but he really might be the hardest working man in show business. I mean, he's just, there's been very few people to be as prolific as he has over the last decade um, in terms of just making things and, you know, and whether the things are good or not, it's up to you know, the audience. But and by and large, a lot of his work has been, you know, pretty critically panned. But um, I do have a soft spot for the Medea movies, I'll be honest. Um, and I, I think, some of it is regional. Um, you know, it's kind of like when we did our earnest excavation. Oh yes. And for those uh, that don't know, uh, two years yeah. ago, Will and I watched all of the earnest films. Um, not <laughs> for in no real reason. Order. No, yeah. no, we just did it. It was, yeah. that was our way of coping with the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> like some people, you yeah. know, exercise, some right. people, you know, Made, try uh, to like connect with old friends. Bread. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they make bread, you know, walk, spend time in nature. We uh, we, we watched all the Ernest movies. <laughs> yeah. And I don't regret it for a second. I think that was no, no. a highlight we watched of a very dour year. Yeah, we watched every single one. That's the difference. Yeah. We watched most of them together, too. It was great. Yeah, no, great it was an, We'll do it again someday. Not the Ernest movies. <laughs> yes. Maybe not. Maybe like a different film. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, I think Ernest is, well, I don't know. There is something, I guess timeless and very much of their time mm. with the earnest films. And I guess that's kind yes. of true for the Medea films as well. I think so. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, I guess one of the key difference between earnest and Medea is that like Medea, you know, the earnest only really lasted, uh, one, maybe two decades. Medea has been around yeah. for what? 20 or 30 time. years at this point. Yeah. I mean, um, Medea got her start in. um, I'm looking at oh, Medea has a, an entire a fictional biography on her oh, <laughs> Wikipedia well, page. So if you yeah, I was gonna say well, as a, 99. As a, yeah, that's when the play wow. started, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first uh, film was 2005. Right. Is was the first play Diary of Mad Black Woman as well? Uh, no, first play was I Can Do Battle by Myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the yeah. films that was at least her first appearance. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So the Medea franchise has been thus far. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, like you said, in 2005, followed by Medea's Family Reunion in 2006. That was the first one that he, I think, directed as well as wrote. Because the first one, I forget who directed that film, but that, he, he was only... Darren Grant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who uh, did um, nothing to... There's lots of music videos yeah. that appears. And then Probably a lot of TV movies. work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and you, can, you can kind of tell because there's like a different feel to that one. Like it, it mm-hmm. feels more like a film than yes, um, absolutely. Whereas the other films for better for worse have taken on more of a kind of like sitcom yes. vibe. Uh, in 2008, there was meet the Browns. Then in 2009, there was Medea goes to jail. Then there was also in 2009, I can do battle by myself, which is more like, she's like a supporting character in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, Though I guess he's kind of a supporting character in the earlier films as well. I'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, then there is uh, Medea's Big Happy Family in 2011. Medea's Witness Protection in 2012. A Medea Christmas in 2013. Boo, A Medea Halloween in 2016. Followed by Boo 2, A Medea Halloween in 2017. Uh, a Medea Family Funeral in 2019. And now we have Netflix's latest film, uh, A Medea Homecoming. I was, <laughs> I was blanking on the title. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, the fascinating thing about this is that in 2019, uh, Medea was ostensibly done. Like, Tyler Perry, I think, even mm-hmm. said, like, the, I, to quote him or to paraphrase him, he said something like, I killed that old bitch or something like that. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he was very much like, I have exhausted this character well beyond creative measure. Like, he was very adamant that, like, I have nothing really more to say with this character. If I was. You know, he was only really doing, I think, at that point, the uh, fund and support his other endeavors and kind of build this mm-hmm. empire that he has. But, you know, there's there's something about Medea where it's just like, I don't think she'll ever truly die. I kind of no. wonder if she'll outlive Tyler Perry at this point, like if someone else will eventually kind of take over the character. Because, you know, time and time again, like even when Tyler Perry doesn't really have much left to, to do or say with the character, she comes back and there is something kind of oddly comforting about that. Like even, you know, especially nowadays where the, the state of the world is just so in disarray, there is mm-hmm. kind of something oddly comforting about the fact that there's still another Medea movie. And now it's on Netflix. You only have to go to the theater to see it. It's just straight on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Death, uh, taxes and Medea movies. Those are our there constants. You go. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, and that guy goes beyond like the earnest thing. It's like now, like, he's just a prevalent part of pop culture. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there was a time, obviously, like the '90s, where it's just like there would just be a new Ernest movie, and then suddenly there wasn't because unfortunately Jim Varney passed away. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, now just like Medea is just here, seemingly to stay. Or do you think she'll come back after this? I honestly don't really know what the plan is for a character after this film. I feel like it's one of those things where you know. It's probably going to be a fixture. I mean, these movies are very cheap to make. Tyler Perry probably doesn't have to spend too much time, you know, in terms of like the length of the shoot. Like you could probably shoot one of these things in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, no. Um, he he's on record saying he shoots these like in a week. He shoots on the same wow. amount of time he shoots like a sitcom. Yeah, that's a big thing about Goodness these gracious. later. Wow, yeah, like every okay. even his dramas like he shoots now in a week. He. Like I, when I say like he makes these movies like a sitcom, I'm not exaggerating. Like he gets the crew that he's had making his yeah. shows, and he's just like, as a business guy, he's just thinking like, well, why would I spend two weeks or you know maybe like a month or so, maybe two months filming something that I can just kind of get done in a week if we just all really put the effort into it? But the thing is that like, I think that's the model he's taken since the first boo movie i could be wrong mm-hmm. but I, I think boo was the first that was like the phase where he like kind of t- like i'm just basically making a feature length sitcom with these characters which i mean kind of cuts the pretense of it a bit in that like there was a time in the earlier medea movies arguably probably the better medea movies where he was actually making them like films like medea was like not even the main character of most of them like she was just like even if she had the title character or a title part, mm-hmm. like she was often like a sporting character who would scold people for, you know, their misdeeds or like mm-hmm. kind of be a comforting ear for people in distress. And now, like since like Medea's witness protection, she's just become the centerpiece of these films. Yeah, and that's it's, now it's like Medea's world and we're all just living. <laughs> right. And that's kind of like on the one hand, it's kind of for the best because just like I feel like that's just like, like I said, kind of cutting the pretenses and like now we're just kind of getting to what people wanted from these movies from the get-go but at the same time mm-hmm. it, it seems like tyler perry just doesn't really care or like these characters at this point he almost seems to have sort of contempt for them but he just like can't resist the urge to like go back to them either for financial reasons or because like he doesn't want to like disappoint the fans that create this weird sort of tension i feel has been in the last few films but i wanted to hear a little bit more from you and your relationship with these movies yeah so you know, I mean, I've always kind of been attracted to, you know, s- stranger comedies, I guess, you know, thing that, you know, not necessarily like the things that are just like marqueed as critically beloved or making a ton of money. I just, I kind of have an itch to kind of like dig into some things that are a little deeper. And I guess when I was in like early high school, late middle school, I started watching the Medea movies on like, you know, like the, like the premium cable channels like hbo showtime whatever um i thought that would be pretty funny and kind of interesting um you know i think especially the earlier films they you know having grown up in a very you know evangelical bubble you know there's a lot of christian entertainment is not very good um and it was interesting to me to see like basic themes of christianity play out in something that was like decently watchable as opposed to you know the kind of junk you watch in Bible class or whatever, you know, like the, the, the cheesy Christian movies and facing the giants and all that stuff. But like, it's almost like a, a veggie tales for you. That's how I feel about veggie. Yeah. Tales. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. And yeah, veggie tales was not bad. I mean, that's, it's, that, that was definitely the higher brow uh, Christian entertainment growing up. Um, I suppose like Bible man or something, but 
Um, yeah, I just, it, it's interesting. You know, I went to go see one in a theater for the first time uh, when I was in high school. Medea goes to jail, in fact. Um, and there is such, I feel like, a loving relationship with the audience of those movies and the movies themselves. Um, like, it's always been a stereotype, you know, when you go to see a predominantly black film with a black audience, they're going to be kind of like interacting with the movie, like especially horror films. Um, but there was just something different about just the way people would enjoy these movies. It was just kind of heartwarming almost. Like, it was just really fun to go watch a Medea movie on opening night and just like have the people in the audience just really engage with it in a way that kind of showed their love for the story. You know, they're engaging with the, you know, the drama of the story. It's just, it was, it was really interesting. Like it was, you know, it's definitely something where I went to go see a few Medea movies and every time it would just be, you know, just, I don't know, you would just be bowled over with laughter because of some of the humor and especially the early ones. They're actually pretty funny. I mean, you know, I, I, Tyler Perry knows how to go for that. Sometimes that cheap laugh that's, you know, a little shameless, but, you know, also very, very humorous. Um, and, you know, sadly, um, there was a point where those movies started to decline in quality a little bit. Um, you know, they stopped being, you know, balanced between, you know, con competent filmmaking. Um, Medea started to take more central focus. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't quite as funny. They were, again, like you kind of talked about, they were made on the cheap a little bit more. Um, and you know, then when Medea's family funeral came out, I went to go see that in theaters and, um, just the, it was, uh, you were laughing for all the wrong reasons. Um, oh, it was man. Just, yeah, it's very bad. The nadir uh, very, of the Medea franchise. Yes. Yes. Um, it's just mm. the uncle Heathrowness of all of it was very, um, well, I mean, let's not lie. You have a love-hate relationship with this Uncle Heathrow character, I have to say. Yes, I do. Um, he's very funny, and but it's like funny in like a train wreck sort of way, um, where it's just so bad, but it's just so humorous. Um, I don't really know how to describe Uncle Heathrow. Um, it's one of the characters Tyler Perry created. For Isn't he like a, a Vietnam vet? Yeah, like he, is. he is. paralyzed. Like, like mildly canatotic, but right. like like you're kind of wondering if he's still here or not. But right. Very he is, horny. I, yes. Yes. Very much so. He's a very randy old gentleman. But um, it's crazy. Like I, I just I really enjoyed these movies growing up in like a sincere way. Like I I, I kind of get frustrated when people can't look at stuff like this as anything else but like ironic. Like oh look at this ah because Tyler Perry is a genuinely talented person. Like and he. He understands his audience. Like you could tell every time you go see one of those movies in theaters, like he knows how to kind of reach a wide spectrum of people with, you know, very, you know, it's just, I, I enjoy a good blue collar comedy. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit, and again, I think these films were a little bit higher in quality of what the blue collar comedy guys did in terms of their cinematic output. But um, it just, it's kind of humor that can appeal to everybody. Um, yeah. It's something that like, it's just, it's not funny in like a highbrow sort of way, but it's just funny in like a, everybody's going to think this is at least somewhat humorous because Tyler Perry's Medea is just such an over grandized you know, character of uh, caricature, I suppose of, you know, kind of the women he had in his life, I'm sure growing up. And it's just, 
I, I really look back on those theatrical experiences fondly because they were just so fun. I mean, it's just like you, you kind of go in. It's kind of like it's almost like being at like a comedy club and just like the atmosphere. Everyone's kind of everyone's buzzing. Laughter is pretty prevalent throughout the entire movie. Um, obviously, the drama is pretty melodramatic, but you can kind of have fun with that, too. And kind of, you know, reacting to what's going on. And it's just it, it, they're communal. Like And. People talk about like the Marvel movies being communal and this, that, that. I don't know. Like some of my favorite communal movie experiences in my life have been Medea films. Like I'm being legit. Like they're just they were incredibly fun to go to growing up. And like, you know, you think it's gonna be in like an ironic way, but you know, when I look back on it, it was very sincere. Like I was you were legitimately having fun with the people in the audience watching these movies. And I, I, I kind of miss things like that. Like I just miss those type of broad comedies. They get everybody in the theater and Tyler Perry did well with making those things on the cheap and building his financial empire to the point. And what Tyler Perry doesn't get a lot of credit for, I think, in terms of when people look at his art, he's an incredibly philanthropic person and the opportunities he creates um, for a very diverse workforce with his Tyler Perry studios is really commendable. I mean, you know, he's, he helped build up Atlanta's film scene. Like, I mean, people think it was, you know, Marvel, this, Marvel. No, I mean, Tyler Perry was at the ground floor when it, before Atlanta was, like, even a remote production hub creating his art there. And he's, he is very much indebted, in part, for how Atlanta has risen as a uh, production hub, uh, you know, in, in the entire industry. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him. Like, I, can I say that all of his movies are good? No. Like, some of the yes. modern media films are, are very bad. Right. Um. I think he's a very savvy businessman. I think he's a very good marketer, but at the same time, like I, I think he seemed like a pretty good dude. But at this, you know, he just he he really created something that has lasted with you know his character and his movies, and I, I just feel like it makes me frustrated when people just kind of like chaff at this stuff and just kind of like, nah, this is just you know whatever. Right. There's there's some legitimate things here with this Medea series that I feel like are worthy of praise and. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as time goes on, I don't know how they're going to age. You know, I'm sure some of the ones that I enjoyed when I was younger probably haven't aged the best. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's very much one of those things where, like, I, I give the guy props because he really tried to do something different, you know, and really tried to build this, you know, entertainment conglomerate around this character that could have been a flop. I mean, it, it really could have not worked in a very aggressive way, but it has worked for him. And even when it's not been very good, you know, which is, you know, sadly over the last, you know, eight, seven years, it's kind of, kind of the medium now, but like, you know, I, I have respect for the guy. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying, I think is you're hitting the nail on the head because that communal vibe is so crucial to success. Cause it is really like a mm-hmm. word of mouth type of success. Yeah, like the plays, you know, like they, they had like a roadshow theme and it was really based on like people being like, Oh, you have to see this show. Like, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like he used that profit for like to market, DVDs and like, you know, kind of put those out and people would see that and they'd be like, oh, I want to be a part of this experience. Go. That helps promote the plays. And then, you know, he starts fledging a film career. I I think initially kind of like build awareness for the character, maybe for these plays. But over time, the movies became more popular in the plays and it just made more sense for him to be like, why should I do the show, you know, all these days of the, of the year when I can just make a movie and just not worry about it. And it's just, yeah, I mean, from a business standpoint, there's no denying that he's a very smart, savvy person. And like, he mm-hmm. didn't become a billionaire by accident. Like he really no, 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 no. figured out what he's doing. And yeah, like you said, like there is something very admirable about the fact that like, he is sort of like a, like kind of 
Roger Corman type figure or like even like a like Lloyd Kaufman type figure where he like he knew what was up against him and he has used the limited funds he was given to really, you know, build this huge empire. And like, you know, he's very and very savvy and very smart about his filmmaking. I, I do kind of wish he was given more opportunities to push himself more. But at the same time, he seems mm-hmm. to be very aware of like, OK, like if I do this and I make this movie in this set number of days, and I release it, I can kind of build my capital so. I can make some more things nowadays I want to. Like, I think this movie, Amadeus Homecoming, was made because he wanted to really make this passion project, this, like, noir bluesy drama called A Jasmine Blues. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's I think his next film after this. I think he actually shot it before Amadeus Homecoming, but it's a Netflix film. It's a period piece that he's been wanting to make since, like, I think he was, like, 20 or something. And he's had the script for, like, since the 90s and he's just been really trying to get that made but you know even someone like him it's been hard to push like a, a film like that so i think it was kind of like one for you one for me sort of thing with this i don't know if it's for sure like i haven't read this officially but the vibe i get is that he brought back Medea because it was just like look netflix is like we'll fund this movie but you have to do as a solid and and give us a netflix movie or give us sorry give us a Medea movie and he was like all right fine whatever and, Which, and ironically, so kinda, you yeah. could describe as a Netflix movie very accurately. I mean, this, right. is, this is exactly the type of kind of like filler yeah. content Netflix craves to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, that kind of gets into like, so Medea's Homecoming is fascinating to me as well because like it's the one Medea movie that's probably the least a movie of all of them. It's basically content at this point. Yeah. It's not a show, but it's like, it's just like, an hour and a half of riffing with the Medea characters. It's not like he had like something vital he needed to say with this character to bring it back. This one has the least number of stakes, the least amount of plot. Uh, it's really like a very thin, like most of them have like a gimmick, like Medea goes to jail, mm. like you said, it's Christmas time at Medea's house, or Medea has to host a funeral. Like this is just like people are coming to her house because. She has another nephew who's valid Victorian of college mm-hmm. or high school. I think it's law school. So, but but it's, it's, it's not, we're never yeah. exactly sure. Like it's kind of, dynamic, kind of an undefined. Yeah, yeah. The dynamic's very bizarre, and then somehow like that welcomes the presence of uh, Mrs. Brown, not related to the character of Mr. Brown, but uh, who is like the sort of like Ireland's Medea or Mia mm-hmm. Medea adjacent sort of. I, I don't know that guy. The, the, the actor mm-hmm. plays uh, Mrs. Mr. or Mrs. Brown, uh, but it's Brendan I guess sort of similar. Carol, it looks, uh, and it's the it? character's Agnes Brown. Agnes Brown, but what was the actor's name? Uh, let's see, it is Brendan O'Carroll. Brendan O'Carroll, but I heard it's like kind of a similar story where like he kind of came up, you know, like from mm-hmm. like a sort of working class background, kind of used his awareness mm-hmm. of like that meant like like kind of like that relatability is so crucial to his. No, yeah. success with that character but yeah it's like sort of like you mentioned like the blue collar guy like eventually like he was just like oh i'm just gonna put larry the cable guy in one of my movies and it's just like you mm-hmm. know it's kind of like getting the blue collar audience while also you know kind of appealing to the the mm-hmm. same demographic yeah and it's just like now it just like kind of feels like this like crossover event was like the main thing but there's also like this weird borderline ancestral storyline going on with his family <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, you can tell more and more as time goes on that Tyler Perry really isn't putting that much, like, effort into the dramatic storyline. Or that he's kind of, like, looking to make, like, a parody of what worked in his earlier movies. Like, they're just so ridiculously yeah. dumb that it's, like, funny to, like, watch right. it, like, unfold. Which 
the earlier Medea films are actually kind of serious, like especially something mm-hmm. like Diary of a Mad Black Woman that has like yes. Cicely Tyson in it. So it's mm-hmm. like there's some legit, like you know, they're really trying. And yeah, um, I can do Battle by Myself, which right. I think is the best movie that has. I was going to say I, I, mm-hmm. that's the one I'd say if I were to like genuinely recommend one of these movies, I think that one's like. Mm-hmm. Not that bad. Like it's pretty no, solid. It's a like, good movie. Yeah, Taraji yeah, P. Yeah. Henson gives a good performance in that. Like it's like a solid she film. And it, like yeah, and like you know when the Medea scenes are actually pretty thoughtfully executed and all that. And it's like yeah, like it shows like when Tyler Perry really like, he, like you say, he has the talent and he can kind of really push himself. But I think he just sort of stretches himself too thin, or he just really doesn't challenge himself that much at this point. And it seems like he's like kind of in this weird position in his career where he's like clearly working and working hard. Like you can't deny that. But you, mm-hmm. you kind of frustrate because you watch like a movie like this. It's like it's funnier than the last few Medea movies, at least in my opinion. It's like it seems like kind of like a little bit more fresh than the other ones. But it's also just so clearly like he's just like doesn't have anything left to say with these characters, doesn't really want to do anything with it. And there's this real haphazard feel to it that's, you know, refreshing and frustrating in equal measure. Yeah, I mean. I think the movie's okay. I mean, it is it is a definite improvement over how much of the recent Medea cannot, you know, canon. Um, I mean, certainly an improvement over uh, a Medea family funeral, as you mentioned. Yes. Certainly an improvement over Medea's witness protection, which is really the beginning of the mm-hmm. downfall, I think, yes. for him. Certainly better than uh, Boo 2, which I know you didn't see, but that one is just like, literally a copy and paste of a boo a Medea one, which is barely a movie at that point. Like mm-hmm. boo is really just like, there's like a whole, like a 10 minute scene without exaggeration, a whole 10 minute scene in that movie where it's just Tyler Perry talking to himself. Like it's him going back to, um, uh, Joe and like going like to like another character or Brian, he's playing. It's just like him just talking to him. And then Bam's mm-hmm. just there. Aunt Bam is, <laughs> and it's just like, this is really like, Tyler Perry at this point is just really getting self-indulgent at this point. He's just, just mm-hmm. like really like just like let me just show you what I can do as a filmmaker and that as an actor mm-hmm. really more than a filmmaker and just kind of riffing mm-hmm. with himself to the point of like it's almost borderline madness like at that point. It's just like <laughs> what are we even doing at this point? How much Tyler Perry can you take? That's the thing. It's in, that's that's the fear of it is how much how can you handle him interacting with himself so much? That's yeah. Like, what's your limit? Um, yeah, because there's a uh, uh, yeah. there's a trailer out now for the unbearable weight, a massive talent, and like the tagline mm-hmm. for that's like the most Nicolas Cage movie ever, and I feel like every Medea mm-hmm. movie is like the most Tyler Perry movie ever because yeah, yeah, there's more and question. more Tyler. Right, yeah, what's that? It's, oh yeah, without question. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I I definitely feel like this film is the best Medea movie since Medea's Big Happy Family, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, I, that, that's probably the last Medea movie where I really that's, like legitimately. That was 2011. Yeah, that's the one with Bow Wow, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think that's the last one I saw in theaters. Um, so it's been a long time. But, you know, and I miss that. I miss going to see Medea movies in theaters because it's just so fun. Like, it's just such a. I don't know. There's just so much dang irony out there and just so much like just you can't just enjoy something to enjoy it and just like enjoy being with people who are also enjoying something. And if you if, if it's not, you know, involves Spider-Man, it's just like we have to enjoy things like a wink. And it's like that's the biggest like thumbs up I give to Tyler Perry is his movies are very genuine. Even when they suck, they're mm-hmm. very genuine. Like there's no 
there's no irony. There's no like, you know, I mean, maybe oh. in some of the latter films, you could argue that he's trying to like do parodies of his earlier movies. Right. You know, quite as involved, but like, you know, these movies are what they are. And he has doubled down very aggressively on his filmmaking style. And I have to give some respect to that. Even when I don't think the movie's any good, like I just have to be like, you know, you did your thing. You know, you, mm-hmm. you still did your thing. And, this time it was a little more palatable than recent. Like, I don't really think this is like a great movie or anything. I think it's pretty mediocre in mm-hmm. terms of like, you know, it, it's much more, again, filler than something like Medea's family funeral, which is just so aggressively one. It, it, it's very unapologetic in what it's trying to do. Yeah. That um, one is. Yeah. It feels more spiteful goes with for that it. one. Yeah. Yes. It like, did. he just it feels did. like, felt- is this really what you want? Like, is this really what yes. you want me to do? And that's why it's yes. more just kind of just like, yeah, let's just have some fun. You know, like, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, right. Because like, you know, the, it's really interesting, you know, because I don't think the mans have been in one of these movies in quite some time. Um, yeah. This is the first time that um, David and Tamla Mann have been in one of his movies uh, since 2011, since Medea's, Big Happy Family, which I don't think is necessarily a mistake. Um, they're both pretty talented. Um, Tamala Man is a gospel singer and has an amazing voice. Um, who plays Cora? Uh, it's there, and I, I legitimately think that Mr. Brown's a very funny character. Um, I really enjoyed his standalone movie. Um, I haven't watched any TV show. Oh, uh, yeah, you mean Meet the Browns? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. His like spinoff or having one. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, this seemed like the first time this, this felt like much more of what we came to expect with the Medea movies, um, before Tyler Perry kind of aggressively monetized the character because Mm -hmm. the other kind of that, that 2010s run was very built on like Medea does this, it was very much, they were much more earnest films, um, later in the earnest canon. You mean Um, earnest as in E R N. E S T, not E A R N S E T, right? <laughs> yes, the earnest, the earnest canon of Ernest, Ernest, yeah, Ernest right. canon. Yeah. Yes, but um, and honestly, I really feel like um, the trajectory of Ernest and Medea are incredibly in sync because the earlier films were always regarded as the better ones, and then when they started to be more about kind of the financial potential rather than kind of indulging the you know idiosyncrasies of the character that were enjoyable, the quality started to dip aggressively. Um, and it feels like Medea's Homecoming would have been the Jim Varney film he would have made in like 2005 or six if he you know you know, had been able to still be with us at that point. That was more of a throwback to what people enjoyed. Um, I would have loved to have gotten an Ernest Legacy sequel at some point. That would have been very enjoyable. But sadly, you know, the the memory of Jim Varney lives on, even though he's not with us anymore. But Ernest, um, the farce awakens. Yes, exactly. I would almost argue. All of it. Yeah, (laughs) all of it. That's right. It's all true, Ernest. Sorry, sorry, Fern. Oh, yeah. There you go. I would almost argue this is like the Medea Legacy sequel. Like it feels like it's taking that vibe where it's bringing back the older characters. Um, it's not just a Medea kind of run around do everything type thing. Just put her in a weird situation and watch see what she does. Like it's much more predicated on her family and the supporting characters, and you know the drama here is not quite as you know it, it's it's dumb. Like it's a it, it's a very it's it's kind of like all the you know latter Medea films like there's really no it's it's, it's very you know so proper you know it's kind of the, the whole bent of it but 
Um, the humor and the family elements seemed a lot more reined in, um, and it felt a lot more. I felt a lot more controlled, and I think that's the biggest compliment I give this film is that I feel like Tyler Perry really reined himself in a little bit more on the absurdist humor, um, just doing crazy things to do them, just because I'm Tyler Perry and I can do whatever I kind of want to with these movies because he's kind of earned the right, but. Um, now, does that make it more of a mild affair? Sure. Like, this is not, like, a so bad it's enjoyable watch like Family Funeral was. But it is it is more of a, uh, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just kind of a nice little, you're back with these characters, I've, you know, it's kind of fun. But at the same time, like, I'm not exactly going to say this is, like, a great movie or anything. It's just very, it's, it's fine. So. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a legacy sequel only because I don't really think I don't think that Perry is really commenting on the franchise that much there weren't the title of legacy sequel. I think it just more I see it as like I think he got the incentive from Netflix like look we just want you to make another Medea movie we'll fund your passion project we just kind of want you, Fair enough. we just want this to be on our server and he was just like well I just kind of want to just reunite with my collaborators right now, especially given that this was made during the pandemic. I feel like there's like a communal vibe, like you said, that him being like, I just want to kind of like be with my friends again and kind of just have fun riffing and stuff like that. And that, I think, does make it, if not a particularly good film, probably the most enjoyable Medea movie since. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably you're right. Probably since like Medea's big happy family. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it just even though this really doesn't have much going for in terms of plot or character, and it does really wear its welcome out, even at, like, a pretty slim, like, 100-something minutes. Like, it, most of the jokes here go on way past their expiration date. Like, he'll have, like, kind of a funny idea for something. It just goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, but like, you see that opening scene with Mr. Brown where it's, like, it's a, you know, it's a very obvious joke. Like, it's him, like, comically like putting all this gas onto a uh, barbecue and you know it's gonna blow up and he's gonna like you know you know burst into flames but there is something like so broad and like cartoonish about it it does feel way more inspired than basically anything in Medea's uh family funeral so it does Mm. you see his opening scene you're kind of like hey like maybe this is like gonna be one of the better ones I think it just kind of goes on too long to really justify saying that but it does yeah 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 Little moments like that, and even like little interactions yeah. with uh, Ma Brown or Mrs. Brown and Medea uh, feel more fresh than pretty much anything that's been the last few Medea movies. Like yes. it does seem like Absolutely. he's he he does seem like he is a little bit more reinvigorated again. Like this is the longest gap between Medea movies. I think the even though it's not that long of a gap, like I think it's like three or four years, but it is. I think the longest there's been between. Medea mm-hmm. film since he started this character and it does kind of feel like if he's not inspired again at least he does feel like a little bit more like rejuvenated like it's kind of just yeah, like he, he has a little bit more energy again like it does seem like he's kind of you know a little, he's got a little bit more pep in his step in, in a way that the last few Medea movies kind of felt like he was just tired and done with it all oh yeah and, absolutely uh, at least in that respect I do think it's slightly better than what we've gotten from Tyler Perry in the last few years. Yes. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And it, this movie is way too long. It needed to be 90 minutes. Um, I know people talk about movie length, but like no Medea film should be more than 90 minutes. That, it, that has long been the issue with this movie series is that these movies go way too long. Um, I, I think some of the Medea movies are like pushing two hours. I think maybe, maybe one goes over. Medea's um, witness protection, I think is a straight two hours. Like, I think it's 120 minutes. 
goodness gracious. Yeah, and it's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah, you, you don't need you right. don't need that much Medea. Like nobody nobody needs that much Medea. But um, you know, I I definitely feel like that these movies. I, I don't know who edits them, uh, but they 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 need a firmer edit. Somebody needs to like take some of these scenes out, like. We probably don't need the scene at the, you know, here or there. Like, you just, you know, you can bring some scissors to it. But, you know, nobody's asking me. I don't need to have an opinion <laughs> on this in the editing room. I'm definitely not equipped. Um, but I, I, I do feel like that I felt the link. Like, it just, you just kind of went on and on. It's like, okay, I know this is under two hours, but it's mm-hmm. still like, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've done what we need to do. Yeah, I mean, I think as we've kind of mentioned, there is sort of like a hanging out feel to this that that is probably attributed to how shaggy it is. And that's that makes, I think, one of the rare times where like that kind of like, uh, you know, loose feel kind of plays to its benefit. But like you said, like there's just so many jokes, like he basically just has like a premise and he just exhausts as much as worth. Like basically Mrs. Brown says Ireland and Medea thinks mm-hmm. it's Iran and they First time, it's like, okay, it's kind of whatever. It's, I guess, a cute joke, I guess. And he just does that 50 times. And it's just like, oh, my good, Like, we get it. She thinks Ireland is Iran. It's just like, how many times can we say this joke over and over again? Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's two things I wanted to ask you about. One thing we kind of alluded to and the other we haven't really addressed yet. The first is that, so this is like Medea in, you know, the streaming era now. Like, she's going straight mm-hmm. to streaming do you think that's for the better or for the worse? Because like you said, it's losing that communal vibe. Yeah. But it does kind of feel like there's less pressure to like, you know, be cinematic. Like it, it's maybe more forgivable that, you know, the the sitcominess because you're just watching it on your TV and Netflix. But do you think yeah, it's a benefit I, or a detriment? I, I think it's a mix. I mean, I don't think Miss Medea is going to be back in theaters anytime soon, sadly. Um, I'm going to miss seeing these movies in theaters whenever I, you know. Now, admittedly, there was a certain point where the movies were just getting such bad reviews, I didn't really bother with it going to theaters because it's kind of, you know, but um, I'll miss it. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's ever going to go back. I, I think this is the organic step for a movie series like this, um, where Tyler Perry will do one of these every couple of years for Netflix, and it'll be there. And you know, maybe one day Tyler Perry will start his own streaming service and create content for that. I can definitely see that happening. He's very entrepreneurial, but. Um, I, I, I feel like that in the streaming era, there's just no, there's less pressure for quality. It's just more about, you know, the quantity and, you know, just getting the thing out there. So I feel like this is probably going to be the medium for where these films go. I think there'll be a little less like, you know, just look at what Adam Sandler's done with his Netflix stuff. Like, it's just very not great. Like he's not really, Hoobie Halloween is the only movie that really kind of got decent response that Sandler made for Netflix. Outside yeah. of like you know, Meyerowitz stories or something, but that doesn't right. Well, that was just Netflix yeah. was distributing the film. Yeah. That's so much like they produced it. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hubby Halloween was okay, and uh, what was it? The week of was okay, but even that, yeah, that one was all right. Yeah, the week know. of is actually probably a good companion piece to this one because it's like kind of yeah, somewhere where it's like I it's not a good film. It doesn't really have like pace or plotting, but there is something yeah. kind of agreeably chummy about it at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Yeah, I think that's a great companion or a comparison piece is that, yeah, like it, it, hopefully Tyler Perry uses like, you know, if he can kind of just like put a movie on streaming, sign a deal with Netflix, mm-hmm. but he can kind of do like 
an I scratch your back, you scratch my sort of thing. Like, hey, can you fund these movies? I've been trying to get off the ground for like two decades and mm-hmm. I'll give you a Medea yes. movie every like two or three years. That might be the the happy medium. I mean, that'd be fine. I mean, if he can, you know, really push himself as an artist with some projects and then just kind of like do a Medea movie here and there just to kind of, uh, you know, appease Netflix corporate overlords. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah, I, I'm kind of similar to you where it's like I feel like these movies it's kind of perfect for Netflix. Cause like you said, it's like the natural progression. Like it sort of feels like there's less expectations by putting these on Netflix. Mm. There's like, you know, it's a lot more accessible that way, but at the same time, like you might be losing something that way. But I, I will say, I mean, I've only seen, like I said, boo in theaters. And I was kind of hoping to have that theater experience that you were talking about. And I don't think I really did. Cause it was a f- pretty much full house that I saw it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't really plan to see uh, Boo in theaters. It sort of happened <laughs> haphazardly. I don't really want to say I snuck into the theater with my friend after seeing Ouija Origins of Evil, but I did not not do that. Um, yeah. But the main thing I remember about that movie was that like people weren't really like engaging with the film and mm-hmm. that the guy right in front of me literally loudly farted just before the movie started. <laughs> and I feel like that was both disappointing and very fitting for what the Medea theatrical experience should have been for me. <laughs> that's that's very accurate. That just sounds exactly like how that night was supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I think when you're younger, you look at like the Medea series and it's like, Oh, these movies get terrible reviews. I want to go like, you know, ironic, watch this like you would with like one of the Freesburg seltzer movies. Like, so you see how stupid and bad it is. But like, I oh, just it's definitely, admit- Above those films, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, when you go watch it, you should be like, oh, this is really funny. Everyone's enjoying this. Like, this is great. People are, you know, enjoying the movie. And, you know, it's just like, it, it, it was really nice. And it's just, you know, I think that's why I look back on these movies a lot more fondly than my experiences being a dumb high school student trying to, like, laugh at, like, epic movie. And, like, you know, meet the Spartans and stuff like that. Because, obviously, that stuff has aged rancidly. But um, I would, I would definitely... Uh, take any Tyler Perry film over any of that any day of the week. <laughs> that stuff is this stuff is rough. Yeah. Well, then my second question for you then is that this is I don't think this movie is technically rated, but if mm-hmm. it was, it would be the first R-rated Medea film. It would be. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was really like they intended to make an R-rated Medea film. I think they sort of just like can can mm-hmm. we do this? Can we just not censor mm-hmm. ourselves? So there's yes. like more. There's more cussing, there's more swearing, mm-hmm. uh, and there's uh, more overtly drug references in the film. And yes. I just wanted to hear from you. Do you think that's a benefit or detriment to this film and for this character this, as a progression point? Um, it's probably a little bit more true to form for what Perry had in mind um, with kind of the character. Like, obviously, earlier in the when – especially when it had the faith slant, like, you can't do R. Like, these movies have to be – um, accessible for a wider audience, but this one's a lot more, I feel like, you know, probably a little bit more of what Perry's wanted to do all along. And when, when you go to Netflix, you've got the creative freedom to do that. So I feel like that he got to make more of a Medea movie that, that I'm guessing that was part of what enticed him is the Netflix was like, Oh yeah. If you want to give Medea an F bomber here or there, yeah, yeah, why not? Like, you know, who cares? Right. Like, and he was like, Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. That sounds fine. You know, why not? Yeah. Because I was wondering, because, um, like, yeah, yeah. he probably made the other movies PG-13, not because, like, he really wanted to, but more just, like, I'll bring a wider audience if I, does, yes. if I don't limit yeah, yeah, yeah. them with an R rating. But now he's, like, that's not really a concern. People, everyone can see it no matter no. what. It's just, like, yeah, why not just make it R? 
Yeah, and it's a very tame R. Like it would be, it, it would be like R for language and some suggestive content, like something like that. It would be, you know, it's not really. We're, we're not going for like a Scorsese movie here, or like a you know, like an Apatow comedy. Like it, it's very, right. very, very accessible R-rated film, I would say. But do you think the other ones will get more raunchy as they go along? Um, or do you I mean, think this is just kind of the wheelhouse for now. I think it's. I think this is the limit. I, I think yeah. with Tyler Perry, it's kind of like. He's never he doesn't going want to, like, right? Well, he doesn't want to alienate. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to alienate his evangelical fan base. Yeah, he absolutely. Does want to, right? Yeah, yeah. And like this movie is not going to like take anybody off. Like they're going to be like, oh, there's a swear, but you know, it's not going to, you know. But I, I, I definitely feel like that in the future we'll see probably more stuff like this where it's like, you know, I'm sure there's like outtakes where Medea swears and stuff. So he probably was just kind of like. You know, we'll keep this taken. Why not? You know, it, it, it's funnier with the swear. So, you know, we'll make it work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of of the opinion that I think the swearing is that it was a surprise for me. Like the first time you mm-hmm. hear Medea drop the F-bomb, like the first five minutes, it was like genuinely kind of surprising. I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of yeah. funny. Well, oh, geez. Like, okay. Okay, now we're doing this. But once you I felt, said it, I was yeah. like, oh, there's their one. And then somebody said it again. I was like, oh, right. oh OK, I didn't see that coming more dollars in the swear jar for this one um but yeah i mean with the uh the weed stuff just felt very like you said very tame and kind of lazy like you could get you could put that in a pg-13 movie like it's not yeah but it felt like weed comedy from someone who doesn't do drugs like it didn't really like seem like i don't know i mean i don't know what Tyler Perry does, which would be very applicable for someone like me. Who, <laughs> right? <basically>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, just like, yeah, it, it didn't really like. I don't know. From my limited experiences doing drugs, it didn't, none of it felt like accurate to me as far as like what the the experience was like. But uh, yeah, at the same time, it is like it is a change. Like it does show that he is trying to like mm-hmm. very mildly push the character in different directions, which I guess is mm-hmm. technically progressive. But uh, <laughs> but well, at the same why part, not? It's not really transgressive, but it's pre- progressive, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know if it, it was a bene- if that was a plus or a minus for you watching this film. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you have any other major thoughts on the film? We should probably talk about the Rosa Parks thing at some point. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that scene is it's there. It's um, well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Rosa Parks thing and the Beyonce homage at the during the end credits. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're on the same level, but they they kind of weirdly have a similar thing for me where it's like they're both the most inspired scenes in the film, mm-hmm. and also I don't really know why they're in this film. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I really enjoyed the Homecoming parody because I, 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 you probably should have seen that coming because the movie's called Homecoming and. Right, yeah, it's also another, you know, which is grown to be a pretty well-known concert dot now. Really, a really good one too. Um, Much better than this movie, I I will say that. Beyonce's Homecoming is no question, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I the Rosa Parks theme is just really awkward. (laughs) Like only Tyler Perry could get away with this. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's just like, you know, this is kind of par for the course for the Medea films. So right. Let it be. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just more baffling to me than anything. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm it sure. Yeah, strange. Like, like, if you describe it to someone, it sounds like, oh, that sounds horrifically offensive. Watching, <laughs> yeah, just, absolutely. 
but watching it just mostly just kind of weird like it's just like yeah it what is, is this? it's just and it's like clearly medea is like being facetious like it's not like a not, tyler perry's not trying to rewrite history or anything but well, yeah i mean it, uh, yeah they they push it so farly and so far yeah. into broad comedic mm-hmm. territory that's like meant to be like oh this is not yeah meant to be an accurate depiction of his history but this, this is not tyler perry's uh right. reimagining of you know important yeah. moments in his, yeah that, that would be uh quite a quite a quite a conversation starter. but but uh yeah anyway. but yeah so i just like i just think like him being like oh like i need to like rent out a historically accurate 50s bus mm-hmm. it's like oh why do you need that oh just need it <laughs> Just need it, yeah. Movie. Like, I, I also need some like fifties like <laughs> office equipment, like period accurate stuff. Like I, I guess we can allow this in the budget, but can you tell us why? Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's a flashback. <laughs> oh, okay, flashback. All right. Yeah, we're just gonna see Medea's earlier. Oh, okay, that should be fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that you know made the cut. Did yeah. not get edited out of the movie. But um, do you think that's something he's been wanting to do for a while, or that's just like an idea that came to him? Rather. I could see him wanting to like do more things like that where it's just kind of like because it's in black and white so it's mm-hmm. just like you know it's just little asides like that with like I got Netflix money now I can kind of get away with this as opposed to having to like pay for it myself so it's yeah. just like you know might as well you know it's not your money spend it how you want like you know, that's what I would do if I were making a Netflix I guess movie. yeah you would do this if you had Netflix money I, I don't know if I would do this exact <laughs> thing you know, for a variety of reasons but yeah I was gonna I, say I would, yeah, I, would, I would definitely uh, have a little bit more fun with my budget for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much all I really have to say about uh, yeah. Medea's Homecoming. We've been almost talking for an hour now. I don't know how much more but, we can Of course say. we would. Like, yeah. If you've listened to us do this, of course we're going <laughs> to almost spend an hour talking about the new Medea movie. Um, like I'm sure like an offset, it's like two white dudes talking about Medea movie. That seems right. weird. And, but then you kind of look at the history of our podcasting and it's like, right. That's not that weird. It's well, kind of what we do. I mean, I don't know. I think we were fairly respectful, right? I don't think we did. Oh anything. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I cancel worthy here. Hopefully. No, no. I, yeah. I think that, um, people might turn this off just for like a exhaustion yeah. of, you know, well, <laughs> I, I mean, if you're still sticking around, I mean, Props. kudos to you i mean i mean <laughs> yeah. I, now we're just kind of just delaying this out i mean i'm just you know mm-hmm. yeah how are you doing i'm good man i mean you want to try I, to push um, this to an hour to a flat I hour mean, we got I seven feel minutes like to go okay so <laughs> here's what we're gonna do all right you are on a desert island okay and you can only pick three Medea movies okay to have for the rest of your you know sad miserable existence i don't know where you're gonna like watch a movie on an island but you got like a little port i'll get a coconut and just yeah exactly uh coconuts have streaming services now yeah yeah it's everything does um so you get three what are gonna be your three my three medea movies or my three type mm-hmm. movies uh medea uh, i mean i yeah uh i'd probably pick i mean i can do battle by myself for sure okay uh it's pretty easy um after that hmm. uh Hmm. I want to say probably Medea's Big Happy Family. That one okay. feels a little bit more inspired than the last few. And um, I'll probably go Diary of Mad Black Woman. Okay. What about you? I would. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, that was it. That was all I had to oh, say. That's it. That's all you got to say. Um, yeah. I would agree with the 
first two. I would definitely take I Can Do Battle by Myself and Medea's Big Happy Family, but I'll throw you a twist and I'll take Medea's Family Reunion. Um, the second was, film in the Medea Yeah, I was canon. thinking between the two of those. Yeah, I might actually do the same. No, I think okay. I'll add more. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, let's see. Um, I feel like we'd be remiss without talking about Tyler Perry's like randomly strange appearances and like big like Oscar movies, like where he was in like, I mean, Gone Girl and yeah. uh, Vice. He's great in those. Yeah. He is. He's very, very good. He's a great Colin Powell. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think that people like overlook is that he's scarily yes. good as Colin Powell. And he's pretty, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the few actors I think that, that don't embarrass themselves and don't look up. Like he gives mm-hmm. a pretty decent performance in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I mean, when he's just in supporting actor mode, I think he's a dependable talent. Like I yeah, think he yeah, can hold yeah, his yeah. own. I don't he think he's much of Adam a, Mc- yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, he's not really much of a leading man outside of, uh, Medea. Yeah. Like I will say like when he becomes Medea, like, I don't think that's Tyler Perry. I'm just like, that is, mm-hmm. you know, that is Medea. Like, I don't think of him. He disappears doing into the, yeah. into the, to the, uh, to the role in a very yeah. convincing way. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about Jasmine's blues that does come out this year. Um, and it is a straight drama film. Um, he wrote and directed and produced it. Um, yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. it's coming. It, it uh, filmed last year. So we will, we right. will, we'll have to do like a bonus episode and talk about that. I'm movie. honestly, like we, yeah. Yeah. I'm generally looking forward to it. Like I'm curious to see what it is. Too. Like I, I, I want to know anything it, about it till today. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm not saying my expectations too high, but like it's like if this is something he's been wanting to make for a while. I, I mean, I think we've said it already, but like mm. I, I feel like his recent films are not like for a lack of talent, but more that he just doesn't really apply himself that much. He's yeah. kind of stretches himself thin. But if he really concentrates his effort to make this might be the one. I mean, I don't know if you've I seen For so. Color Girls, but um, For Color Girls is not a great film, but there are moments in that where like, you know, he's mostly just directing that one. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. basing off another person's play and, you know, he's written, rewritten some of it. And so like, there's some clunky dialogue at times, but like him primarily directing some of those scenes, like yeah. it is high melodrama, but it, it's better than most of his other, like you, you can tell, like if he applies himself as mm-hmm. a director, he might do something really compelling. And that's the so. thing. Like he tried to do a pretty hard R comedy a few years ago called nobody's full. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot Tiffany about Haddish, that one. And it was not good at all. Yeah, I, mean, it I forgot was a, about that. That was a, that was a letdown. Um, so well, I would definitely yeah. say this uh, Medea's Homecoming is a lot better than that. But, well, I'm gonna say a lot better. It's it's somewhat better um, that was, than that one was. That was right after um, Medea's family funeral, right? I think so. No, like that was that... right before. That was 2018. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But didn't he um, film? Uh, it like I think it came like Medea's family funeral came out after they like they filmed it like a way before they released it I think if I recall correctly. maybe I could see that because I'm pretty sure he's like all right I'm done with that Medea stuff now I'm gonna yes. be a series like I'm gonna be a studio director now mm-hmm. and like that was a big flop like his first flop and yeah. maybe his whole career as a director to be honest and it was strange too because you're getting Tiffany Haddish right off a of girl's trip it's got Whoopi right. Goldberg in it and um, Chris right. Rock has a small role like I mean you're kind of like this should have been, and it should have been better. Like it wasn't a terrible movie, but it was just very middle, middle of the road. Yeah, it was just very just, middle of the road. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, yeah. you know, like he, he, you know, I mean, like it's not like his sensibilities were wrong for the project. It just didn't really mm-hmm. have much spark to it. Yeah, I um, agree. yeah, but yeah, I mean, that was just I honestly forgot about it until you just mentioned it. So that that was not 
that's not had a long recess in my mind i'll say um mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i mean i hope for the best for him because i don't yeah, know I, do too. I kind of just want him to succeed even though he's given me no real reason to feel that way a lot of the time i think but, he's uh, easy to root for i mean i think he's you know he seems like a pretty nice person and he's you know very generous with his I mean, money and he's yeah. done good things you know he's, he's definitely put good into the world out you know yeah. outside of the boo series but you know yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I will say that, like, from what I've heard, like, especially during COVID, he was very, like, protective and made sure people had, like, especially, like, a lot of, like, his primarily black team staff members have, like, you know, been, like, very looked after and, like, protected, especially during the pandemic. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, like, he's a very conscientious businessman. So, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I hope that reflects well on his character. But I mean, I don't know him personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he ever wants to come on our show, we will. Absolutely. Oh, I'd love to talk to him. I mean, I just yeah, love to pick his brain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, unironically, I'd love to just talk to him and figure out like his business method and everything. That's like, the he's thing. Just, yeah, I sincerely hope there's not even a hint of irony in any of this conversation because I, I'm I think, fascinated by him. I think yeah, he's I a fascinating too. dude. I, I am uh, too. I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely because I would consider myself a Tyler Perry fan. I would. I, I definitely, you know, not everything's going to work, but you know, for the stuff that does, it keeps me interested. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but I just find him to be a fascinating guy, and like, I, Fair I, I kind of want him to come out of this doing something good. But I don't know. I mean, you know, the movies themselves, they he is a massive, pretty impressive body of work. Maybe not in terms mm-hmm. of quality, but certainly in terms of quantity. Uh, oh, yeah. and yeah, uh, the only other thing I forgot to mention in a review was the Red Lobster stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, seen in that movie. No, I just, I mean, like, I think that's a Netflix thing where, like, now that like they can't really advertise like during their shows mm-hmm. and stuff, they have to put advertising in their products. Yeah. And I feel like, hey, like, can you, like, if we write a big fat check to Red Lobster, if Red Lobster writes a, us a big fat check, can mm-hmm. you, like, do some stuff with red lobster he's like i, I guess mm-hmm. like they have this big right, and there's like a couple of shots of food that i don't know if he even did but they're like easily the best shot <laughs> 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 scenes in the film of just like lovingly crafted shots of food and just like it was just so <laughs> jarring because it's just like there's like sh- lighting in these shots like shadowing and like it was just like and it's just like the food does not look that good <laughs> i know that. but but the <laughs> I mean, the, the, the camera work there was way above uh, the line for everything else in this movie. It was just it was just <laughs> incredibly jarring. It was just very jarring stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to mention that at some point. But, yeah, yeah. we're past the, the hour point. We so have. unless you have anything. And the last thing I'll say is that, you know, if we're kind of looking at his new movie, um, he's doing kind of the Jasmine's Blues film. It took a month to make. He really put some time into well, that. That's what one, I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So it's like that that one might be something the to one. look forward to. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, maybe so. My guess that they're going to try to kind of push that for Oscars. I don't think it's going to maybe get anything unless it is yeah, actually generally really good, which who knows? That would be something. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing it's probably going to get a fall release. Maybe even in theaters. I don't know if they're just going to put that. Okay. Here's my thing. If Peter mm-hmm. Ferrelli can win an Academy Award for Green Book, then surely Tyler Perry can. I mean, Tyler Perry has an something. Oscar. He, he has oh, a, oh, he got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they gave him one of the honorary ones, right? Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, so we can add. He is technically yeah. an Oscar winner, yeah. For yeah. you know, for all he's done, mostly his humanitarian work, but uh, nice. yeah, I mean, he does te- not uh, for his craft yet, though. So 
hey, the day is still coming. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm really genuinely fascinated to see if that movie's any good. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I'm not looking. I'm, that one's not like an, any sort of ironic appreciate. That's me. Like I hope no, to the best because no, yeah, I want it to be good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, we hit we, 63 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Goodbye, <laughs> everybody. Stop. Let's yeah. see. Yeah.